Okay, everybody should have an outline, right? Got it? <clears throat> Any extras? All right, uh, before we get started, are you having a good time? Yeah. Is this the best college conference so far? That's what you said last fall, but I think you'll say it again this spring. Okay, I'd also like to see how many are here, and this is your first college conference. Could you stand up? First college conference. All right, 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 all right. You made a great decision to come. Okay, now I'd like to see how many of you are freshmen. All the fresh, fresh ones. All right. Go freshmen. And how about you made it into the sophomore year? You stand up. Okay. All right. And some are progressing on to their junior year. Let's see you, juniors. And guess what? Some made it to their senior year. <laughs> how, about, uh, how about graduate students? Anybody go on to graduate school? We got any of those guys around? Okay, we'd like to finish, uh, uh, we'll move on to Revelation. Uh, I've really enjoyed this conference, the brother speaking, and I know some of you have come from far away, some drove all the way from El Paso. Laredo and on down in the valley, so we really appreciate your coming. So if we could... Turn to message four on page 27. By the way, y'all did a great job on your message. I'll give you a hand for that, students. You did an awesome job on your message. Very encouraging. And that was on the, <clears throat> on the Lord. What were your four topics again? All together. Okay, all together. First one. Regeneration. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, we want to go on to, uh, let's read the title of this message. The Revelation of the Church. So we've been seeing the revelation of Christ, and now we want to progress to see the revelation of the church. Um, <clears throat> So actually tonight and tomorrow we'll be on this one topic. I've got about four main points, five points. I'll start the um, living of the church life, Roman numeral five, and then tomorrow morning another brother will finish that out. So we're getting uh, near the end of the conference. So we need to see not only Christ, but we need to see the church. Um, the church... Uh, Ecclesia in the Greek means calling out. So it's a gathering of people who God 
has called out. You wouldn't be here tonight if God had not called you here. You didn't get here under your own volition. God called you, and he called you out of whatever you were doing this weekend. A lot of things going on this weekend. God called you out and congregated us, and that means this is a gathering of God's people. Ecclesia, that's what the Bible calls church. So whenever God's people are called out and gathering, there you have the Lord in their presence, and that's the church. Very good. Okay, so we have the revelation of the church. Uh, only, only Christ can be revealed by the Father. So... Who is this back on the back row? You have no idea who this is. <laughs> Revelation simply means to what? Unveil, to take uncover. So it's like Christ is veiled in many people's eyes. So if you want to see Christ, then there is a unveiling. <laughs> it's Nick, 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 Nick. <laughs> So in Revelation, to have Revelation, that means Christ is unveiled. You see him. You see who he is. A lot of people know he was a historical figure. A lot of people believe he was a nice moral man, maybe a prophet. But do they see, do they really see who he is? So I think we had some colossal, we're in Colossians, Colossal revelation of the mystery of God, which is Christ, and the first and second message. That's why I like the book of Colossians, because it's colossal, very large vision, revelation of the expanding Christ. Amen. Wow. So we want to see the revelation of the church. So let's read, uh, this first point is what? Let's read number one. Go. The mystery of Christ. Okay, this is, I'm borrowing a few verses from Ephesians because this is where this is mentioned. These two books are very closely related. You have here, uh, let's, why don't we just alternate the guys on three, girls on four. Go, guys. That's Very good. So I want you to underline some key words here. You're going to underline by revelation, the mystery. Underline was made known by revelation. It's not by knowledge, not by teaching. Only by a revelation can you see what we're talking about tonight. I can stand up here and talk to them blue in the face, but if you don't, if the veils don't come away, you won't have a clue what I'm talking about. And so Paul says, by revelation, the mystery was made known. Uh, underline the word mystery. Uh, go ahead and flash up. Uh, uh, Merrill, you got that slide for me? Yeah. So here's a, 
definition of mystery in the English dictionary. How about you read the first line? Something is difficult or impossible to understand it or explain it. That's what we define in the English language as mystery. It comes from the same Greek word as you see below. Now here's a Vines Expository Dictionary. This is Bible Dictionary, and it says what? Okay, so uh, the English dictionary uh, doesn't include God. That's why the things in the Bible are hard for people to understand. But with the New Testament, then it says the mysterious things being outside the range of unassisted natural apprehension can be made only by what? Divine can be made not only by divine revelation. There's no other way you're going to understand these mysteries except God himself reveals this to you. It's made known in a manner and a time appointed by God only to those who are illuminated by what? His spirit. So if we're going to get revelation tonight to understand this mystery, God needs to come and reveal through his spirit and enlighten our minds so we can understand this great mystery. Okay. You can take that down, thanks. All right, so a uh, few more key words in this phrase, uh, this uh, little section here. You can underline in verse 4, mystery of Christ. That's what we're going to be talking about. This first point is the mystery of Christ. And then you can underline, um, well, why don't you tell me from this section, what can you tell the mystery of Christ is? Where is that revealed in these verses? It's in our spirit, right? But what is the mystery of Christ? You have to come to verse 6. That in Christ Jesus, the Gentiles, fellow heirs, and fellow members of the body. Underline that. Fellow members, that's what we're going to key in on. Fellow members of the body. The mystery of Christ is only known. Christ is known through the body, the body, capitalized body, the body of Christ. Okay, I want you to flip down now for a moment to the second Roman numeral and just read the second verse about, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 12. See that one? Let's read that together. Okay, you notice the body in this verse here is lowercase. So come up here, Nathaniel. I used to look like this. <laughs> That's a lie. I got a little bit different uh, physique than our brother here. 
<laughs> but we both have a body. Okay, this is talking about, even as the body, this is talking about the human body. See, it's lowercase. The body is one and has many members, yet all the members of the body, being many, are one body. You follow that, very easy. Then it's quite striking, it says, so also is what? The Christ. So, as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that body, being many, are one body, so also is what? The Christ. So, the Bible is revealing what's known as the body Christ. You have the head Christ, Christ the head, and Christ the body. So also is the Christ. A lot of times we think of only that is Christ, the head. We don't see that this is Christ. And this verse makes it very clear. The body is Christ. So it's the body Christ. Okay, thank you. So, uh, last night, or this morning, we saw the revelation of the mystery of God. And that is what? Christ. God can only be understood and known and experienced in Christ. So, in the Old Testament, uh, actually, before the law was given, God was known through the creation. The Bible tells us that man's without excuse. He can look at creation and know there's a divine being. Man's without excuse. But still, what kind of God is he? Who is he? What's he like? Is he an angry God? Is he a compassionate God? Does he love man? What's, what's going on? Well, then the law was given, and that gave us more definition of who this person is. God revealed his being uh, through the law in the Old Testament. But still, he was very much unknown. Still, who is he? What is he like? Well, then in the New Testament, he was really manifest. Here, Elijah, you come up this time. So in the New Testament, God became a man. And so you could see him, you could talk to him, you could see how he treated people, you could see uh, how he handled situations, you could watch, it. you could watch, you could see God. So God became very well defined. That's why he's called the Word of God. He expresses, he explains, he declares, God! This man was not just the Son of God, but God. So he was very clearly, God was very clearly defined and expressed. So he died, he resurrected, and then he ascended. Shh, you're gone. Okay, so now, Christ is quite a mystery to a lot of people. People are trying to figure out who is Christ, what is he like? <clears throat> So now, when Christ ascended with his physical body, there's still the individual Christ on the right hand of God, at the throne, and he will also descend with his physical body, but he's expressed today through his spiritual body. 
That's the corporate Christ, the body Christ, which is Christ. So if people are going to know the, who Christ is, how he's expressed, where are they going to find this person? Would the body Christ please stand up? <laughs> People are going to know the mystery of Christ through us. Amen. Christ is expressed today through right here. When you go on your campus, that is Christ. Is this part of Nathaniel? Yes. Are you, let's say you're a hand in Christ. Is this part of Christ? Yes. Okay, so that means you are part of Christ. And so for Christ to be manifested, how is Christ going to be known? It's through the church. That's the mystery of Christ. For people to get to know who Christ is, it is through you, your living and your speaking, they can see Christ. Amen. When you're shining on your campus, when you're living out Christ, that's Christ. Amen. So they're drawn to Christ. Amen. Let's say, we're the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. That's right. We're part of Christ. Amen. Actually, the church is Christ. Amen. Not in the Godhead, not to be worshipped, but in life and nature. Is there any difference in the DNA of this hand and the DNA in this head? No. Is it one body? Yes. yes. Okay, thank you. You got the individual Christ and the body Christ. Okay, so let's go back up to uh, Colossians. We're on the body Christ now. Let's read Colossians 1.18. Okay, so he is the head of the body. So we're clear on that. The head is the authority. He's the decision maker. He gives guidance. He gives direction. He's the head of the body, the church. And then it says he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Okay, circle firstborn. This word is very meaningful that he, this is a revelation, a colossal revelation. He's a firstborn from the dead. So, all of you, what was in my father's house? I was dead. Hang your head over there. I was dead. So among all the dead ones, among all the dead people, all the people that died before Christ came, he is the Firstborn from among the dead. This is different than when he raised Lazarus. He'd, he'd raised Lazarus before, but that's a different resurrection than this. This one was the firstborn from among the dead. What does first mean? That means there's going to be many more. And what does born mean? When you're born, you enter in to, uh, I just had another grandchild, 
And little Esther was born into the human kingdom. It's an entry. But this was a birth from among the dead. So this was the creation of another realm. This birth was not just like our human birth where someone entered an existing realm. This birth was the creation of a whole nother realm. It was a, something that did not exist came into existence. Wow. A whole nother realm began when Christ left the grave, when he rose from the dead, he initiated, he created a whole nother realm is called the new creation. He is the firstborn of this realm, this sphere where Christ in resurrection lives and where all of us, now that we're regenerated, we have entered into this realm of resurrection. The old creation is one realm, and we are in the, the, the transition from the old into the new. Some of you got baptized today. Yay, that was a transfer. You're putting off the old, and you're putting on the new. So firstborn is only mentioned in Colossians. It's the bringing into existence of a whole other realm of resurrection where there is no death, there is no sin, there is no incorruption. It's a, it's the, called the new, Bible calls it the new creation. And this is what matters. So you have to see uh, the creation of a whole other realm. And uh, the verse goes on to say that he himself might have the first place in all things. In this realm, Christ has the first place. In the old creation, not so. In the new creation, this realm he created, then he has the first place in all these things. So you can ask yourself, in your life, does he have the first place? In your relationships, is Christ the first? Or are you the first? In your, hey Fernando, you just, Started UT, did well in high school, obviously, big plans, going places. Kids got social skills. First time I met him as a freshman, orientation, I went back to brother said, I met Fernando. That kid's, I called you kid, sorry. That, that boy, he's mature for his age. He's got, he's got potential. But what's first in your heart, brother? Christ. Christ needs to be first in our plans, our future, our relationships, our studies. He wants to be first place. And when he's first place, then things work out. He is able to work out all things as long as he has the first place. So this, of course, I know is a struggle. We wrestle with him, not our plans and his plans and uh, eventually, he wants to move into first place in all things. Yeah. Okay, 
So you see in this verse, he's the head of the body, the church. <clears throat> so I uh, want to make the point here that this is organic. The church is something of life. It's, uh, it's something that issues out of Christ. <clears throat> when I say Christ and the church, in your brain, you might be thinking two different entities. Okay, you think Christ, yeah, 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 and then the church is the building, it's just some uh, individual believers, it's um, some kind of group. No. When I say head and body, head and body means one entity. So in your thinking, you shouldn't separate Christ from the church. You should think organically one. The church issues out of the life of Christ. The church is nothing other than Christ. Anything else is not the church. It's only the organic continuation, extension of Christ. That's all the church is, and it's no, nothing less, it's nothing more. So when you think of the church, you have to think of the outflow of life of Christ, the extension of Christ, the continuation of Christ, not a separate entity. Okay? Good. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's move on to um, 219, still on the body of Christ. Let's, uh, how about the girls read that one? Okay, the Colossians were deviating because they were not holding the head. So this verse, Paul, who is their spiritual father, he raised up this church, and he's trying to get them back on course. And so he's trying to encourage them to hold, hold the head. To hold the head. What does it mean to hold the head? Anybody want to toss something out? He's telling them, brothers and sisters in Colossae, Hold the head. What do you think hold the head means? To hold the head. Support. Huh? Support. Support. Okay, what else? Hold the head. How do you as a Christian hold the head? How do you lay hold? How do you hold Christ? Look to? Okay. Set your mind on Christ. That's good. Not separate, right? What else? Holding the head. They said, you're not holding the head. He's telling them, hold the head. Hold the head. Hold the head. Being under, receiving, holding the head. Holding the head. Out from whom? Out from whom? Holding the head of the body. Holding, oh, sorry, holding the head, out from whom all the body? Out from whom all the body? Out from all the body, richly supplied. How do you get a supply? 
How do you get supplied in your college years? How are you getting supplied? You have to have a supply. We supplied you with food tonight. You're, you're healthy, you're strong. How do you get supplied? Eating, drinking, receiving, opening, confessing, holding the head, receiving. Look at this, I want you to underline circle star, neon lights on supply. Richly supplied, holding the head, out from whom all the body, all the body is coming out of the head, issuing organically, organically. This was, you know, there's a, in the last 44 decades, I, I was your age, uh, in the 70s, I was at UTM alumni, and you know, organic was just coming into existence, the organic movement, and so now there's a gospel of organic, and so my wife likes to feed us healthy food, and so she was talking back, you know, my kids are small, and so one time my little boy, about three or four, pulls up to the table and asks, Mommy, is this an organic fish? <laughs> Organic came out of the head and the body. That's the origination of organic. It's only the life of Christ. So holding him by means, okay, uh, being richly supplied. Okay, so the supply for your Christian life comes out of the head. Holding the head. And it then says, being richly supplied and knit together by means of what? The joints and sinews. So there are parts of the body that are mentioned. Some of you know Corinthians, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. What are some of the body parts mentioned when he's talking about the human body? He's liking Christ to the human body. And so he talks about what are some of the parts? The ears, the eyes, the smelling, the nose, the hands, the feet. Okay, these are all functioning. You're the feet of Christ. You're the eyes. You're the ears. You're the nose. You're the hands on the campus. If Christ is going to walk on that campus, it's going to be through your feet. If he's going to speak, it's going to be through your mouth. <clears throat> but interestingly here, it says supplied and knit together. You can underline supplied and knit together by means of what? <clears throat> joints and sinews so he's not mentioning those other body parts he's mentioning joints and sinews why what are joints two bones come together connection what are sinews where are you uh, kinesiology majors your bio majors your anatomy majors what are sinews what are sinews? Not muscles. Ligaments and tendons. Sinews are ligaments and tendons. What do ligaments do? Ligaments connect what? Muscle to bone. No. Ligaments. Lucy, where are you? You tore your ACL. Where are you, Lucy? Okay. It's bone to bone, ligament. It binds. It binds. It's flexible and it connects. It connects two bones, the ligament. 
And then what a, how about a tendon? Neil should know this one. Neil Torres tendon. Ouch. Ouch. That tendon connects bone and muscle. It's flexible, it's connective tissue, and it's connecting body parts. The emphasis here is not on the functioning of the eyes or the ears or the nose or the feet or the hands. What is the emphasis here? Connection. The connection. Say it. Connection. This is a colossal revelation. You got to see the body of Christ connected parts. We used to have a song, uh, the leg bones connected to the, you remember that one? The thigh bone, the thigh bones connected to the hip bone. Hip bones connected to the backbone or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> it's all connected. Let's all say connectivity. In this section, the revelation is on being connected with other body members. If you're not connected, you're just an individual Christian. Tonight we're not talking about becoming a son of God, becoming a Christian. We're talking about members. Members of a body. Do you see the difference between being an individual Christian and being a member of the body? No more individualistic way. But now you're a member of a corporate body. That makes a big, that is a revelation. You may have been connected with, uh, maybe some of you were in fraternities, sororities, or maybe you are, maybe the chess club or the, the football team or the whatever. Okay, so you have some connection with those people. But this connection is the life of God. It's Christ himself that's connecting you. You two sisters right there are connected. When you see her, you should think we're parts of the same body. She is a part of me. I am a part of her. Is it starting to click? Members connected in life. Even our growth is in relationship to the body. How connected are you to the body of Christ. If you're an individual Christian, then you're missing out on the supply that comes out of the head and it goes to all the body. So now that supply is where? It says the supply, the, the uh, holding the head out, being richly supplied and knit together by means of the joints. So the joints are giving supply. The joints are members holding the head, receiving the rich supply, and then imparting it to people, other members that they're connected to. Matt, you're going to UT, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> Who are you connected to? Name somebody. 
Oh, look, he's right here. Come on, right here, right here. Oh. We'll be a big sophomore next year, bringing in the young freshman right here. Connected. Do you think if Matt, who else are you connected with, bro? Uh, Connor Robinson. Connor, where's Connor? Come on, Connor. Connor. Come forth, Connor. Uh oh, where's our Connor? Oh, shortage, 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 shortage. All right, never mind. Who else you connected with? Nick Mead. Oh, Nick. Come on, Nick. You're on the other side. Okay. Connor! Connor! Hey! You're connected. He says he's connected to you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, so do you think Matt's going to have a good year next year at UT? Yeah. If he stays in the body, receiving the supply from the head and through the members, guess what's going to happen to Matt? He's going to grow. He's going to grow. <laughs> and his growth will be in proportion to his connection with the body and the growth of the body. It says the body grows with the growth of God. So at UT, 2019-2020, you start in fall, right? There'll be, God will be growing. Now, wait a minute. The growth of God, does God, God grows? Wait a minute. No, God's completed himself. He doesn't need to grow in himself, but where does he need to grow in? In us. So this is called the growth of God, the increase of Christ, the increase of God. Do you think Matt can miss if he is connected with these brothers? No. He will grow proportionally as the body of Christ grows on that campus. You're going to stay connected, right? I know it. Okay, good. So this is ligaments and bones here. Connection. Yeah. So joints are supplied. Joints give the supply. There's a lot of supply in those brothers. Matt. Isaac got so excited and wanted to be so ready for you, he got baptized today. Right? He's putting off that old, getting ready, just wants nothing but Christ. Amen. Only Christ, okay? Uh, so the knitting together, there's a supply by the joints, the sinews knit, it, knit together. So the knitting comes through the sinews, and then it grows with the growth of God. So being connected means that you have a relationship in Christ, which means you get supplied through the members. And you can get supplied by opening. You have to have somebody, you can be in engineering. What kind of engineering? Mechanical. Mechanical. Okay, you got a tough road ahead of you, bud. <laughs> You're gonna need somebody to 
pray. When you get your first 16 out of 100 <laughs> and you're totally depressed, but you'll still pass because the average grade is, is only 20. You're going to need some brothers to pray for you. You're also going to need some brothers to study with. Then you might want to add a little beef to your body so you have some brothers to work out with. And some brothers to run with. And some brothers to live with. Ah. And so some of these brothers, you're going to want to open up your situation. And so... Being connected and getting supply means we can open, not our deep, dark, sinful past, uh, things that may not need to be discussed, but what's our condition before the Lord? How are we doing? What are we struggling with? Can we pray? Brother Nick, blah, blah, blah. Can we pray, brother? And through that prayer, there will be a supply that will open up the channel of the head to flow through the body and right into this member. I'll give you a little example. When I, one of my kids was a teenager, um, he was headed the wrong direction. So I, uh, the more I tried to rein it in, the more I said go east, he went west and went further. And so it was affecting my family, affecting my service. And so eventually, we couldn't bear it anymore, my wife and I. We prayed, we talked, we tried to work things out, but it just got further and further. So I just had to open up to some brothers I'm closer related with. And I said, brothers, you know, all parents want to be proud and my kid's great and going on. Well, you don't like to admit that you're not such a great father, and you're not doing, your kid's not doing so well, but swallow the pride. This, we need help. We are at the bottom here. Soon as I opened it up, the brothers didn't condemn, right away started praying, and I left that room. I went into that room with about 200 pounds on my shoulders, and after I let it, I just opened to the body. It's like 200 pounds, just And the body embraced, and the body prayed, and through that prayer, there was a release. And the Lord started working, and sure enough, somebody contacted this son, and the Lord came in. But it wasn't until, um, opened to the body where the supply was and the body started to open the channels. So we have experiences like this. Another experience, I was in another vital group with some <clears throat> four or five brothers and sisters and um, joined together, working together, even serving full time. And so we were wanting to uh, be related and have the Lord's blessing. And so um, one of the sisters, uh, we met at my house that morning and then she said, I'd like to talk to you. So we went in the room, uh, room right side, next room. 
and uh, she was having a hard time getting this out, I, so I knew something was coming, and she's kind of holding back the tears, and she said, Brother Tim, you won't let us in. What is she talking about? You won't let us in. Yeah. So this vital relationship, they would share about their situations. We pray, but I would never share anything that needed prayer or any kind of weakness or any kind of problem. So she was very disturbed by this. So she told me, tearfully, you won't open up. So I took that to the Lord and the Lord joined. We're one body. We're fellow members. We're, we're parts of the same body. I was holding back. And so uh, the Lord touched me. You need to share about a certain situation. So I was having some physical difficulty then. And so I, next time I was able to say something and that began to they prayed and eventually the Lord also touched that area so being connected means you're vitally related in the Lord you can open situations uh, not for public dissemination of information to all the other people but to pray to uphold each other to lift each other and you will experience, remember this conference is on uh, Christ and the church revealed and experienced. You will experience the spirit of God flowing in your innermost being. You will, you will experience, there will be the sense of the flow of the divine life. You can taste it. You can feel it. It's peace. It's joy. It's him. And so this connection, this community of believers is critical for our going on. We see a lot of people come around our table, come to our Bible studies, get interested in the club, and they come, and then eventually they go. And until we're connected we're built up in the body. There's no guarantee that we will continue this Christian race. This race is not an individual race. It's a corporate race. We run together. We pick each other up. We encourage each other. We uh, supply each other. So it's a corporate life. Do you have this? Do you, can you name somebody your age close to your age that you are connected with. Raise your hand if you can, there's one person, okay. And a lot of you on campus have staff members or older, can you, do you have a Connor in your life? <laughs> Matt, do you have a Connor? A little bit older, a little bit more experience. Maybe you can open stuff there that you wouldn't open to Nick. But Connor's there. Uh, so we need this connection, connectivity. Joints and sinews, supply, growth. These are the, this is a key revelation 
of how Christ grows, how the body grows, how the growth, it grows with the growth of God. You got it? Okay, my goodness. This time is flown by. Uh, let's see, what, what time is this meeting in? 8.45? Okay, I'm going to just buzz to these next ones. You got the point. What's the point? Connection with who? Other members. Community, connection. It's all in the, be a, don't be a butterfly that just has an individual life and goes and gets a little honey from this flower and then flies over here and gets a little honey from this flower. Too many Christians are like butterflies, independent, individual. Versus a bee. All the bee cares about is the hive. It's a corporate life. It's a life of working together. It's a life of supplying one another. It's uh, a communal life. Communal. Let's all say that. Communal life. Let's all say community. Community. That's good. Okay, so... Uh, a couple minutes on these other parts and I'm going to let you stand up. Give you some time to share. So let's go ahead and read. Um, okay, one more thing. I just can't leave this. It also means you're connected. It means asking for help. Can you ask another member for prayer, for help? Do you have body consciousness? Do you see you're connected? Just close your eyes and envision yourself as a member of a, like a human body. You're just a ligament or you're a tendon or you're a joint and you're connecting and you're, the, the body is for motion and movement. It wants to move on your campus and it needs you to be attached and functioning and connecting. That's how God's going to move on your campus. Do you see it? I see it. I'm not so much how much I've entered into the reality, but I do see it. Do you see the body? Do you see the church? It's organic. It's connected. It's living members joined together, knit together, taking care of one another, getting through, growing by the growth of God. Oh, so much. Okay, number three. One. New man, all together. Okay, this is putting off the old man, that's the old creation with his practices, and have put on the new man. This is the new realm we talked about a minute ago, the new creation. We entered into the new creation, the creation and resurrection, where Christ is all and in all. Uh, the new man being renewed, circle renewed. Putting off the old, like putting off an old garment and putting on the new. We're practicing, renewed. 
I think Matt read some definitions of being vitalized, renewed this morning. Excellent. Um, according to the image of him who created him, where there cannot be Greek, Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free man, but Christ is what? Underline. Christ is all. So there's no room for any, anyone in this new creation and the, the, the created, the, the, the resurrected realm, but Christ. There's no your culture, my culture, uh, Jewish culture, Greek culture. All that is, there's no place for it. It's only Christ. So with the one new man, just memorize three words. One. New man. It's your person. In the body, he's your life. In the new man, he's your person. He's your person, and there's one. If we let all the Greeks and Jews and Scythians and barbarians in, there'd be so many persons, and that's where all the problems come in. There's all these, all these persons create all the problems. But if there's only one person, there's no problem. There's one. It's not the United Nations that meet over there in Europe. It's the divided nations, because there's many nations. But if there's only one nation, then... One. So it's one. The person is one. Who's your person? Your person. Not just the life for your, the body. The body supplies the life. The new man supplies the person of Christ. Is that person studying? Do you take your examination with Jesus? Does that, is Jesus the person taking your examination? Is Jesus the person with your roommate? Okay, one, new Always new and man. God loves man. One new man. Okay, let's go on to uh, Roman numeral four. Local church. So what we've been talking about so far is a universal church, which includes all the Christians, all the genuine Christians throughout time, regardless of time and space. Now we're coming to the local expression. It's not, a different, it's, it's, it's not different than the universal church. It's just a church expressed in a city. So you have here, greet the brothers in Laodicea, that's a city, as well as Nymphus, he was the brother there, and the church, which is in his house. So greet them, go do a little traveling. Have you done any traveling to another city to greet the, the church there, greet the brothers? Okay, you need to go meet some others that are in the church life. And when this letter, the letter of Colossians, is read among you, Cause it to be read to the church of the Laodiceans. Take this same letter to Colossae and go take it to the Laodiceans. The church, you can underline the church of the Laodiceans. So it's expressed in city by city. It's a consistent pattern in the Bible. And even in Revelation 1.11, when the Lord's speaking to the seven churches, he mentions one of them is Laodicea. He's ascended to the seven churches and he mentions Laodicea as one of those churches. So even in Revelation, the very end of the Bible, this practice of the Christians meeting as a local church in a city was still continued. And who's included in that church? Who's included in the, let's say, the church in Austin? Who is a member of the church in Austin? Every believer in Austin. So if you go meet in the district of the local church meeting here, don't think that the people in that room are the church in Austin. That's just a part, a group of the church meeting 
on the ground of being one with all the other members. The church in Austin includes every believer that lives in the city of Austin. They're all our brothers and sisters. They're all part of the body. And we like to fellowship with them. We're connected by the divine life. Got it? Very simple. It's so simple. God makes it simple. Okay. Then uh, Roman numeral 5, the living. Let's all read that. Oh, let me back up. So back to the local church. I want you to put the word homey. House to house. Look at that. In uh, Laodicea, the church which is in his house. And then you go to uh, Colossae. Philemon was a brother in the church in Colossae. And it says, a church which is in your house. So the church is homey. How many of you are in a home? You meet together. You gather together. You fellowship in a home. You got to get to home. That's where it's, the church is very homey. There's a husband here. There's a wife here. There's a boy named Archippus, a fellow soldier. And the church which is in their house is very, very warm, very homey. A lot of fellowship. Okay, finally five. Let's read that. The living of the church life. Okay, so this is just the first point of... Um, The first point of the church life, and that's the word. We'll just do one verse, Colossians 3.16. Go. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to God. Great. Okay, so underline word of Christ dwell in you richly. Uh, these other verses are very good, but I'm out of time. Uh, we just will uh, let you know that at the end of your booklet, there's a reading schedule. And today we started the book of Acts. If you don't have a reading schedule, you can hop in. It's 45 days. If the Word of Christ is going to dwell in you richly, you've got to read it. It can't get in unless it gets in through your eyeballs. Your eyeballs or your earbuds or something. It's got to come in. If it's going to dwell in you, if it's going to live in you richly, it's got to get in there. You've got to find a way to get it in. Get it in. So I challenge all of you, especially the ones in Austin, to take the Bible reading challenge, 45 days, the book of Acts, you should start today. You're not even behind. If you just read Acts 1 today, you'll be on schedule. 45 days, we'll finish the book of Acts, full of action, full of God's move, just like he's moving on your campus through you because you're the body of Christ. How many want the challenge in Austin? Okay, I talked to Chick-fil-A. I'm trying to partner with them. See if they'll throw in a, a coupon or a, a voucher or what is it called, a, a gift card. So if you do the 45-day reading, and on April the 1st, you let me know, I did it, I read every word in the book of Acts, then it's coming your way. Incentive to read the Word of God. You take the challenge, raise your hand if you want the challenge. All right, take it. Step up to the plate. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly.